Amen. The Lord's good to us, isn't he? I wish that we could express to you how good God's been. Thank you. All right, COVID. That clears the air. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Y'all play softly for me. Make a little announcements real quick. We're glad you've come to revival. Somebody may say, you ought not be calling it revival. That's why you don't have it. I think you ought to call it revival. Call it what you want, and I want revival. And I don't know what y'all going to do about it, but I'm going to open up and ask God to revive me tonight. We're glad you're here. This is our first week, and this week's geared toward praise. I believe that's a missing element in our Baptist churches is praising the Lord. You may say, we're Baptists. I don't care what you are. If you're saved, you got something to praise God for. Bible says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. I believe you got something to praise God for. You're not in a jail tonight. You're not in a hospital somewhere. You didn't have to go over to the funeral home a little while ago and make some arrangements for a loved one. You got some breath. I believe we ought to praise the Lord. If you're stuck up in an old snot and got a bunch of pride put up in you, I understand you're not praising God. It's hard to praise God when you got full of pride. I said it's hard to praise the Lord when you're full of pride. I believe that's one of the things our Lord said that he hates over there in Proverbs. Is that not what he said? He hates a proud look. So you want to know what the Lord's against, just look over there around Proverbs 6. You'll find out he's he pretty much against that proud look. Amen. Let me help you. Let me help you just a minute. All of us in here ought to have been in hell. I said all of us ought to have been in hell without any hope whatsoever. But thank God for the goodness of the Lord. I'm glad he's good, aren't you? We've been doing some work over in southeastern Kentucky, raising money, taking stuff over, and God's multiplying it. Got a call about 35, 40 minutes ago. A moving company has been in the business 30 years and they've accumulated a warehouse full of stuff. I said a warehouse full of stuff they've been collecting for 30 years. Furniture, beds, and everything just slapped full. And just wanted me to find the contact so they can, we can get a warehouse full of furniture and beds and stuff. <laughs> Little as much when God is in it, amen. We've took in over $7,000 in cash just for them. 26-foot truck of a bunch of supplies, and he's just keeping on giving. He's the God that gives and keeps on giving. You'll not outgive the Lord. Go ahead and try it. I dare you. I dare you to try to outgive him. You'll wear yourself out trying to get ahead of the Lord. I tell you, and I bless the Lord for it. I want y'all to go to meeting tonight. If you feel tied down, you brought your own rope. 
Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Let's stand together. Brother Dwayne, come and lead us in one song. I want one song, and then we're going to see what happens after that. We're going to try to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost as we can this week. You realize how dangerous it'll be if you miss God? You realize somebody might go to hell if you miss God? You don't ever know. You miss the will of God, you can, somebody go to hell. All right, what we got, Brother Dwayne? Well, let's get one that we all know. That'll be good. 310, I think we know that one. Let's sing it now like we really mean it. You remember last night I gave you all the definitions of the word praise, and one of them was singing. And so let's praise the Lord in our song, all right? Brother Dean. Got I got an L. L.
Do it again. Amen. Think about this word, what heaven's all about. There will be a happy meeting in heaven, I know. When we see the many loved ones we've known here below. Gathered on the blessed hilltops with hearts all aglow. Amen. That will be a glad reunion next. Take it out. It sure will be. Amen. Day of glorious day. There with all the holy angels and loved ones to stay. That will be a glad reunion day. There within the holy city we'll sing and Christ a blessed Savior. <laughs> Amen. Just lifting his name up. And to love him and make him our choice. That will be a glad reunion day. Glad day, a wonderful day. Glad day. Basking in the love of Jesus. <laughs> well, glory, it will seem but just a moment of praising his grace. That will be a glad reunion day. Glad day. be seated. What a glad reunion day. Lord, have mercy. If you've ever had to go out, John, and leave that loved one shell over yonder graveyard, boy, I tell you, yes, I hope that you and I have that one day we'll see them again. And things will be so much different on that reunion day. Amen. They won't be tore up with cancer. They won't be all swiveled up in their body. And, and they won't have no bad hearts and 
Uh, they won't be withered away. Thank God things will be different on that day. We're glad to have the Agee family. I want the Agee family to come tonight. And uh, we don't know, we don't have any objectives or any agendas except for the Lord having his way. And we want God to have his way. And so I appreciate the Agee family uh, for being with us. Appreciate everybody for being here. And we want them just to mind the Lord tonight. Just mind the Lord.
We're blessed tonight to have our evangelist, Brother Dean McNeese. I've known Brother Dean, what is it, been over 20-some years now, I guess, Brother Dean. It's been a long time. It's over 20 years, and I love Brother Dean. He's been a real blessing to me, been a blessing to this church. Come on, preacher, and you preach for us. I enjoy the A.G. family. Amen. Good job singing. Everybody that loves the Lord, say amen. amen. I like to say amen. It's one of his names. Some of the young people have been teasing me about uh, everybody loves the Lord, say amen. <laughs> That's what they've been teasing me about. I've been saying that for years and didn't really realize it, but I'm okay with it. And uh, there was a large family, a bunch of red-headed kids, I mean carrot orange, Sunday night, and uh, up in the mountains over in Georgia, and they've been listening for several years through the internet and the little feller built a Lego church and he got a little a Lego brother Dean and <laughs> he painted it and made it and he brought it and showed me the other night and his mama she said tell him what you say so he said everybody love the Lord say amen <laughs> and uh, I like doing that it uh, I want to know who I'm on the same page with, the Assembly of the Saints. And it's a bit of a challenge. It's calling out some folk. And, and if you say it and you're lying, you come under conviction. <laughs> anyway, hadn't the Lord been good to us? Pastor said we'll be looking at and dealing with praise this first week and worship the second week. And I, I like that. I don't mind being assigned. If it's a good church and a good man, I don't mind being assigned. There ain't no bad topics. Not if they come out of the Bible. That's a pretty good topic. God inhabits. Oh, thou who inhabitest the praises of Israel. Somebody said, I wish the Lord would show up. I know something. He ain't got nothing to get in. You ain't got him no play. You ain't got you ain't provided that thing what he needs to get in. He said, Boy, if the Lord would show up, I'd praise him. 
if you'll praise him. The Lord will show up. Woo! That's what the ages have been doing tonight. That's what you came to do. You did it with them and vicariously, and that's how it works. I, I like it. I liked every song they sang. You don't hardly ever, I'm okay with drums. Uh, you just don't hardly ever hear them played in good taste. And that, boy, that was a blessing. When all y'all leave and the AGs are pulled out in the parking lot, I'm going to get on them things and see what. <laughs> If it's tore up, I'm blaming a bus kid. <laughs> I got some starchy brethren. They don't like it. And I ain't mad at them about it. I just don't really want to go to Waffle House with them. I'd rather go to Waffle House with other people. <laughs> I'm too at home here. I can I get in trouble. Hadn't the Lord been good to us? Mm-hmm. Good to see Brother Jonathan Williams, one of our missionaries, one of my dear friends, a third-generation missionary. His grandfather, his father. He, stand up, Brother Jonathan. This one of my dearest friends that, down in Panama. And... Uh, Went down to Panama with him, and he'd been there about a decade now. And when we got there, how old was your oldest girl when we got there? Marie and Emily, right? Yeah. Got down there preaching. <laughs> she hit the altar and got saved. Brother Jonathan was some tore up boy. He, he likes to do a lot of heavy counseling down there in Panama because there's a lot of confusion with charismatic doctrine and Catholic doctrine with the uh, Latino people. And so I guess it's a pattern with him. And so he took his daughter out back and I watched because I, I I'm a preacher's kid. We spy and eavesdrop on everything. It's a gift. All PKs and deacons' kids. We know who peaks in prayer. It's our job to see. Uh-huh. I knew they didn't close their eyes in prayer. I was looking back there around that old farm house, church house, that property God let them have and he's he's going to kneel down and tell her and counsel her he's lost a hundred pounds Jonathan has and he's still a big man but boy he was so big and she little old bitty thing and he reached down and we're going to tell her go through it and she reached up on his arm and said daddy I'm already saved I know all that <laughs> 
So he just went to squalling. Good to see you tonight, Brother Jonathan. He's here on furlough. And I really wish some people would help him. I can't tell you the several churches and the many converts and the ministries up in the mountain tribes. Oh, boy. We went down. We went up in the jungles. And uh, Panama. And a tribe walked down from the mountain. They walked about four to six hours. Is that right? They walked down there to meet us. A little feller had come out of there and he had walk, uh, walked seven days <laughs> to the church. Got there the day before I got there. He come in there and he said, I've come to be saved. Teenager. Walked seven days out of the mountains through the jungles, through the country. I've come to be saved. <laughs> Brother Dreer, Brother Agee, we saw people saved in that trip, I think, every day. I think that's right. In different ways. We carried a some boxes up to the river. That tribe came down to get grain and beans and rice. Brother Jonathan does that. Pays for all of it itself. And they'd heard that one or two others had gotten saved. We preached by the side of the river. And two women that we'd never met wearing their tropical dresses. They dressed up to come down. Stood, I'm talking adult women with children and grandchildren, stood and said, we want to be saved. And then he walked out in the river and baptized them on the spot. They come up out of there with their hair and their dresses just drenched and they just shook a little and got all their provisions and walked back up the mountain. <laughs> Praise. You ain't got to have a fleshly concert, contemporary outfit, and work up the flesh. There'd be a crowd in the book of Jude. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the Spirit. If what you got has got to be worked in you through your five senses. I ain't saying this next thing to be a smart aleck. You probably need to be saved. I'm being serious. You probably need to be saved. If it takes the pounding of powerful sensual music, work down into you through your senses because what we have is already in there. <laughs> and, and it's a well of water, John 4, springing up into everlasting life. And it springs up and it works its way out through your flesh. And your flesh hates to come to church. When that, what is in you, starts welling up and it works its way out through, in a little while, your flesh loves. Yes. 
You ain't never felt better than when you've been in a good drenched pyre presence of the Lord. And I forget, I think it may have been old Earl Hughes, old Blue Ridge Mountain preacher said, you go to church long enough to where your flesh is starting to like it. My soul thirsteth for thee. Psalm 63, my flesh longeth for thee. I'm going to take my time. We got two weeks. We got two weeks. We got two weeks and I got a pocket watch. What do y'all think about that? That's to encourage the three carnal people that came on a Monday night. <laughs> to encourage them. It's false hope, <laughs> but it's a little hope for some of you. <laughs> Huh? Your flesh. My mama got saved. She was a preacher's daughter. Then she was a preacher's wife. She wasn't playing a game. She wasn't being a hypocrite. She just lost. Had never been saved. They were not married long. God had called Daddy to preach. They went to church six straight weeks. One time. Well, probably more than one time. Their church had a four-week meeting. Scheduled for two and went four. This was the late 60s. You know, God brought in a harvest in the 60s. He did. Most of you are great preachers. From a bygone era, recently now, they're all being buried. They were all called in the late 60s. The ones that built real churches over the last 40 years. And uh, it was on that last night of six weeks. Four weeks at their church, and then they went two weeks every night with their pastor as he preached another meeting. On the last night of the sixth week, Dad still worked at the steel factory and had to be up on the ladder and spray painting. Had a horrible headache. Wasn't even his church or his meeting. Came home that night and sat down. Uh, Friday night, six straight weeks. Let's just stay here, he said. He didn't know that mom had been under conviction for a solid few days, but a solid week, heavy conviction. And she had told the Lord, laying in bed the night before, afraid she's going to die. If you'll let me live to tomorrow night, if we go tomorrow night, I'm going to walk down in front of everybody and I'll get saved. Dad was in the recliner, headache, exhausted. And the Holy Ghost said, no, go on and go. And he just got up and went. And Mama got saved that night. This is where I eat the pulpit and run to Greenville. <laughs> Woo! I do that to make sure I get unscheduled from all the big fancy meetings. Woo! 
do that to get unscheduled from all the contemporary circles. Make sure I stay in real flocks. I want to feed the flock. I want to stay in the real flocks. I don't ever want to learn to put on put on the front, put on show. You know, some outfit wants you to put on uppity airs. <laughs> and then some of our old-fashioned camp meetings, they want you to, you know, put on a ruckus. I don't want to fake it either way. I don't want to fake being fancy, and I don't want to fake being crazy. And I have been to where I have felt dignified in the presence of the Lord and behaved as such. And I have <laughs> tore up furniture. Really, really have. I want to be real in his presence. Go to Exodus 18. I'm going to give a, what the Lord gives me every night on praise this week. Exodus, I'm going to let you remain seated because I really never know where I'll start or when I'll finish reading. We love the Word of God. Now, I'm just going to give you nuggets. If the Lord gives me a message, a special message, I'll preach it. I'll give you nuggets. Isn't the word of God just good? Mm-hmm. If alliteration comes natural, young preacher, then alliterate. If three points and an actual poem, I've had a lot of poems, been a blessing to me. If that's a natural, do that. Be yourself. I have a lot of outlines, but I, I don't always use study with them. Praise. It's going to be good, isn't it? <laughs> I love Brother Frankie Hunt. I love his family. I believe I've seen Ethan slip in on back there now. Speaking of a show-off, boy, he loves the crowd to watch him. Yeah. <laughs> Revels in it, don't he, the spotlight. Yeah. I love Brother Hunt and his family. I love this church. Amen. Amen. Love these older saints. Hallelujah. I love the A.G. family. Last meeting was in, I told them before they got there, I told that church, I'm looking forward to hearing the Augies sing. <laughs> clean. Isn't it good to have clean people up here? Committed. Wonderful. Tell a difference. 
I don't like singing groups. That's just me. I'm not going to get offend, too offended by them. There's a lot of things I'm against that I enjoy. <laughs> Some things I'm against, I'm aggravated at me for being against them. <laughs> a lot of things I believe, I don't even really believe, but I believe it, just don't know why. That's okay, too. I don't like no southern gospel industry. Making money, making merchandise, putting on a Nashville, Hollywood show. I don't like the Southern Gospel industry. Now, back in the 70s, 60s, 70s, they were some good, they were some things that was a blessing. We don't got too much money in this nation, messed everybody up. But, but, but I like them singing families because I found them in the Bible. Singing families are in the Bible. Wonderful. Didn't find any joy in the book of Genesis. Tried to. I got a strong concordance because I was born in the 60s. And a Bible app because I have three teenagers. <laughs> I looked for joy. The word joy ain't in Genesis. I tried to find the first time a man rejoiced. It's not in Genesis. You can't find rejoicing, rejoice, or rejoiced in Genesis. You ain't gonna, this blew my mind. There's no joy mentioned in the Bible till 1 Samuel. It's when our king was born. <laughs> David. Picture of our king in his kingdom. There was, I bet to eat this offering plate and run to Spartanburg. I know I just gave you the nugget and didn't give you nothing about it, but that should have been enough. <laughs> I expect more out of y'all been going to church longer than six months. I said there ain't no joy until you get our king in his kingdom. <laughs> so I'll take 15 seconds and mention that I'm really looking forward to the millennial reign. hear nobody else talk about it. That's why I think they don't believe half what they're talking about. You're making up spiritual stuff. That's why you're not really enjoying it. You're making up spiritual stuff to talk spiritual. I don't think none of you hardly believe it. There's a thousand year reign right around the next corner. We'll be in glorified bodies. How could you get depressed about anything right now? We're fitting to be there. He said, the Bible don't tell us a lot about it. You'd blow your mind. Your brain can't handle that. Me and my wife, Jennifer, and my children, we have a vacation planned. We're going to rest. 
We're going to reunion. Really are. I got people I'm going to go see. I'm going to go meet people I never met. We're going to sit down by the river. It's all been reserved. It's already paid for. Down here, we often part with sorrow. Now, I'm being serious. We got a vacation place. It's going to last a thousand years. Amen. No wonder there wasn't no joy until the king showed up to this kingdom. I think, Brother A.J., it may have been Isaiah that the knowledge of the Lord and the joy of the Lord is going to cover like the depths of the ocean, cover the earth. Some of y'all get worked up about America. And I understand, I bleed red, white, and blue. I understand. But I'll be honest with you, God filled me with the Holy Ghost too young. <laughs> really did. And, it, and, and I tasted that world before I ever got introduced to this one. That's how it happened to me. I was 13. And he, and he flooded he flooded me with the Holy Ghost. Out of his belly shall flow rivers, John 7. And it's been so. And America's going down, and I was like, yeah, is anybody surprised? Let's go win sinners. God save America. Okay, I mean, a hot dog and a Chevrolet, that's exciting, but Okay. And I appreciate, I do appreciate greatly our freedoms that we used to have and fixing to be taken from us. And I do understand that America served a providential purpose in God's plan. I'm fixing to show you a verse. I appreciate the spiritual ramifications of what God did with America and her unique place in history, her unique place in the world, and her unique place in the program of God. But all y'all worried about taxes and money. That's why we're being judged anyhow. The love of money is our national sin. Somebody said when Christianity began in Jerusalem, it was a movement. Went to Athens and became a philosophy. Went to Rome and became an organization. Christianity went to Europe and became a culture. But when it came to America, it turned into a business. I think that's accurate. It could be why Dr. B.B. Caldwell in 1970 said, the Baptist churches are not going to see a revival of power of God until a strong wind comes out of the Atlantic and blows all of our buildings into the Pacific. We'll have things to quit fussing our money over.
If you get more worked up about a business meeting than you do a prayer meeting, you probably need to be born again. You probably need to be born again. I ain't saying that to be a smart like it's the truth. You better check up. If you kick and fuss against pastors and churches and tear up every place you've been wanting to fuss over the money, I'm willing to call you a devil. I got Bible for it. Got enough Bible to make me suspect you. Had to qualify that statement. Mm. We got two weeks. I'm going to take my time. How y'all doing? All right, did you find Exodus 18? Found no joy in Genesis. Oh, yeah, that's what I got a happy about a while ago. We got a king in 1 Samuel. And it's the first time joy is mentioned in your Bible. Hey, y'all. Do y'all know what kind of joy we're going to have when we, we get them glorified bodies and the law of indwelling sin is eradicated? Y'all were singing that a while ago, be saved to sin no more. And I told Brother Hunt that was Percy Ray's favorite song and that was his favorite verse. Be saved to sin no more. And all the living church of God be saved to sin no more. Joe Parsons said the blessed hope over in Titus was not the second coming. And I went and looked at the greater context, and I think he's right. He said the blessed hope is what the second coming brings, perfect sanctification. <laughs> yeah! Right now in Christ we have positional sanctification. We're in him over there, already seated, already raised, already saved, Romans 8, already glorified. Stick a fork in it, it's done. It's just we ain't there yet where we already are. And when we get to where we're at, when we get to where we're already at and enter into that, and that Romans 7 stuff is gone forever. <laughs> we, we're going to enjoy that thousand years. And there ain't no church-age saints going to, when Satan's let loose at the end of that thousand years for a little season, there ain't no church-age saints and glorified bodies going to be caught up in that rebellion. It ain't going to be possible. That's the natural, that's the natural nation's. Somebody said, why would God loose Satan for a little season at the end of the thousand-year reign? Well, for one, every dispensation is there to prove by the end of it that man's wicked. Every dispensation ended with the wickedness of man, including the church age. And the millennial reign will be no different. And secondly, that God will be fully vindicated and validated at the great white throne judgment. Satan will have been in hell a thousand years, and as soon as he's let out, he still acts like the devil. People will have been with Jesus, literally, physically looking at him. 
and given the first chance, natural born man will turn against him. And shortly thereafter, we'll all go to the people and angels and devils will be tossed in the lake of fire and nobody will be able to say, well, blah, blah, blah. No, you just lived with the Lord a thousand years. And the devil just was in the below for a thousand years. Sinners still going to act like sinners. Satan's still going to act like Satan. But thank God saints are going to act like saints because we'll be in them glorified bodies. Oh, my. Joy. You talk about praising the Lord in that day. Praise. Anybody ever thought about the praise that's going to happen in the millennial reign? I've often envisioned in my mind that parade. When we come out and them old soldiers and old saints and everybody from a missionary that won a whole country to a mama that took care of two. The Lord doesn't look at how big or how little. He just looked at how faithful and what he gave them. He ain't never looked down here and seen anything large. And he ain't never stooped down here and said anything was too little. What are you going to do in that day when every man then shall have praise of God? How's that going to feel when people that actually deserve it when he praises them publicly. That's King James. It's the only Bible you can quote. The rest are easy to read, but impossible to quote. That was difficult to read, but easy to believe and easy to quote. And then... Shall every man have praise of God? What are you going to do when that faithful granny that carried the whole outfit on her stooped shoulders weeping and praying? What are you going to do when she comes across there and the Lord calls her out and he starts praising her? Lord willing, Brother Hunt, I got one more well I'm supposed to dig. I had a tent meeting in my 20s. I had a camp meeting under a tent in my 30s. Had the Redfield Tabernacle, you've been there, in my 40s. And the Lord told me I got one more well to dig. We're going to have one more camp meeting. See how many years it'll go. I got one more, he's told me. I want to find a large church with a parking lot. Move it inside. I've always been in a tent. I'm going to put up that Oliver B. Green tent they gave me out in the field and go out there with young preachers and pray and stuff like that. Come inside the church. Something the Lord's told me I'm going to do. He tears is coming and lets me have my last well. Folks can come and drink. We're going to do a preacher parade every year. 
<laughs> I was thinking 40 years that had to have been preaching 40 years. Kept, you know, we know the ones that had walked with God kept their testimony. I'm wanting to have a preacher parade every year just to encourage old men. What we'll do, Brother Dreer, Brother Jonathan, is we'll bring them up, put them over in the side. Maybe let the ages, y'all will surely be invited to sing. Maybe you can find a good song appropriate for that moment and just call, and call them out, like read their credentials, the man and his wife, let them come out and walk in front of everybody and give them a trophy. And let young people and young preachers going to have a preacher parade. And I want them to stay up there when their turn's done and, and encourage their old friends as they come out. Going to let old men of God cheer. Amen. Going to do a preacher parade. Well, I don't think that, I think you better find Greenville and get away from me. We'll take you to Waffle House on purpose. Yeah, with hidden agendas. Put you in a corner table. We have friends in low places. Boy, it'd be a good song, wouldn't it? Hear it now. Y'all ain't supposed to be getting that. I was a teenager once and went in the Waffle House and somebody else put the quarters in. Not good. Southern gospel would have been a blessing. <laughs> that praise. Well, what about when every man shall have praise of God? If you've been faithful, If you've been faithful. Revelation 22, don't turn there. I think it's verse 12. Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me. Forgive every man according as his word shall be. And there ain't going to be no reward till he gets here. And he's bringing it with him. We're going to honor them old men, but that won't be their reward. Only the Lord can give them their reward. I'm about to say something, but I don't know if it's me or the Lord. <laughs> I really want to say it. It might just be me. <laughs> Honor them to whom honors do. Mm -hmm. Bless the Lord. I think your watch says 823. So I've been up here 25 minutes. Y'all want to see your verse before we go? We got to get to Waffle House before third shift. <laughs> Second shift just got out of jail, but they was only there a week. Third shift, the heavy, heavy. Third shift just got out of prison. 
you don't complain about your waffles after 11. The feller cooking them was cooking other things in a valley just, you know, 15 years ago. Exodus 18, the first mention, this won't take long, not that you're worried about it. People that didn't want to go to church didn't. <laughs> Especially on Monday night. But I'm just going to show you one thing. I don't have anything organized or structured with it. No, that's hard for y'all to believe. The first mention of rejoicing. There's no joy. The king gets here with his kingdom. But this rejoicing, I think it's verse 9. Do y'all see it? Exodus 18. Y'all just look at it. And Jethro rejoiced for all the goodness which the Lord had done to Israel, whom he had delivered out of the hand of the Egyptians. The black man. First man to ever rejoice in the Bible was a black man. That blowed my toothpaste sideways when I seen that. I'm causing all the stirs, sis. I've tried to behave. I'll go over here. It's my fault. I love them. I can't help it. Black man. The first person, when I saw this, the first person rejoicing in the Bible was a black man. On what the Lord had done to Israel. Y'all ain't helping me. If I had some black folk in here, they would help me. In the millennial reign for the first 500 years, I want to do two things. I have a bucket list. I'm going to ask the Lord. I want to play a banjo with lightning sparks coming off my glorified fingers. I want to play it behind my head. I want to play. I can't play anything. I want to play a banjo, and I want to preach like a black preacher for the first 500 years. That's the best of the white world and the best of the black world. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm going to leave you alone, Pastor. When I saw that, and in, and, and in this modern environment, when you mention black, oh, Lord, everybody's been watching CNN, and you go, oh, 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 oh. I'm going to make a little announcement right here. You ain't, ain't nobody better than anybody else. I'm going to make a second announcement, as Brother Bagwell would say. Here's my second announcement. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves all the children of the world. There ain't near as much racism in the hearts of men and women as the modern-day communist Marxist media tries to tell you. 
Okay, so this is beautiful. Brother Jonathan, what we are there in our uh, World Harvest Missions prayer retreat up on the mountain when the old preacher told us the, the Bible never uses the word race. There are no races. There's families called the families of the earth. And they become nations. Families. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Brother Hunt, I'm not trying to be cute and I'm not trying to be funny with this, what I'm fixing to say. That family got in trouble somehow with Ham. Somehow. That don't mean we hate nobody. That don't mean we're better than nobody. I'll tell you one thing, my family got in trouble. <laughs> Somebody says, you think there's a generational curse? Well, good heavens, yes, we're all under it. Adam started it. And then even my own, the Macnesis. Good night. Drunkards and murderers. Moonshiners. <laughs> what my daddy's daddy did. And what it was. And my daddy laying outside of a bar in the alley in Germany. Soldier, both his jaws busted, lead pipe, full of hate, drinking, running. Oh. Come back home. He'd been under conviction. Daddy come up out of the Daddy come up out of the bottom of the ship one morning. His old black boy, and they all made fun of him. Holy roller. Persecuted him for being a godly man. Brother AJ. Dad come up early out of the ship one morning. He did have an old-fashioned mom and grandma praying for him. They knew he was turning into a hellion and going to hell like his daddy. He come up one morning up out of there. The sun was just right. An old black boy was up there by himself on the bow of the ship. And he was talking to the Lord. And daddy said he froze halfway up them steps. He said he turned to ice. <laughs> something happened to that family. Something happened, something happened there with Ham. Some have even wondered if something happened with Cain. What all was done there? It's very possible. Y'all talk to me for one minute here. You know, good and well, can't nobody preach like a black preacher when they got a Bible and they're full of God. Your ten best old-fashioned preachers can't touch one of them. I'm sorry, girls. 
Ain't nobody sang like a black woman when she's full of God. And the Lord called it the uttermost part of the earth. He defined that for us unto the uttermost part. And he said the queen of Sheba came from the uttermost part. I'm going to say something. I expect a slightly religious reaction, even though you're mostly pale white. I need a little help. The Gentile queen of the south went to see the Jewish king of the north to see what it was all about. Ooh-wee! You better be glad the Jewish king of the north accepted the Gentile queen of the south. You better be glad Joseph in Egypt, they gave him an Egyptian bride and he took them. Mm. I'm waiting to preach on Judah. I thought that was going to be the night. Judah's the first mention of praise in your Bible. Yes, he Judah's first mention of praise when he was born. And the only other mention in Genesis of praise, you go from chapter 29 where Judah's born, you go to chapter 49 where Judah is in that lineup of the sons. And it's the only other time praise is in the book of Genesis. Ooh, we're we going to have a good time when we get there. Jew. That's where the term Jew comes from, not from Israel, not from Hebrew, from the tribe of Judah. It's the largest tribe. It's the Lord's tribe. That's why they're called Jews. Judah. Now, here's old black boy, and he's made, they're making an alliance with Moses. I'm not going to talk to y'all about marriage. I, 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 think, I think that uh, two can't walk together except they be agreed. And I think in Acts, we're all made of one blood. But in the same verse, he said, he set the, he set the boundaries, the borders of the inhabitation. He set the bounds of their habitation. I think families ought to stay in families. That ought not hurt nobody's feelings. Amen. And, but something, something with some dispensational truth. Moses married that Ethiopian. This was the father-in-law. I'm about to run what I'm fitting to do. Look how God brought them in. Watch this now. You got a black man rejoicing on what God done for the Jew man. Read your verse. You know what he done next? You know what he done next? Jethro said, Moses, son, you're going to kill yourself. Let me show you how to bear burdens. Let me show you how to be served. Let me show you how to do the work. Don't be nervous. 
God had done put that blessing on Ham. He couldn't put a curse on him. He cursed Canaan instead, whatever took place in that tent. But he said, Ham, a servant of servants. That is not a demeaning. That, that was a beautiful thing as in king of kings, lord of lords, a servant like no other servant. Yeah, that wasn't an ugly thing. That wasn't a you're going to be the lowest slave of all slaves. Oh, no. He done blessed the three sons of Noah. You go look at the beginning of every great world empire, it was those descendants. It was Egypt that built the pyramids, and we can't do it with computers and construction tools. Y'all ain't helping me. Here is a, here's old Jethro telling Moses, now son, I'm going to show you how to, how to bear these burdens. So we're going to run over to the New Testament. There we are. And if you'd have been at Calvary, the day it happened, halfway up the hill that day, you'd have seen them pull a black man out of the crowd and put him under the back of the cross. And, and Simon the Cyrene, which is northern Morocco and northern Egypt, and North, is a black man. That's why they laid hands on him. They grabbed him to come and do this, enter into this suffering and this persecution and this ridiculing, ridiculing. And Jesus was going up that hill. Some said that they put a man under the cross with him to make him stumble. Some said it was because he stumbled. We can talk about that later. But friends... Halfway up Calvary's hill that day, there was a black man helping the Jew man carry the cross up the hill. I need a little help right there. And the foretaste of it's over there when the first man to ever rejoice. Y'all know good and well black people know how to have church. White people know how to take naps. the first man to rejoice now watch this watch this I'm almost done not that you're in a hurry I think possibly twice in the Old Testament they got sent out possibly not sure when Cain was sent out and for sure when Ham was sent out and went down in the down in the in the Old Testament, three sons that he started over with. He had two sons. One got sent out. He had three sons. Then start and and twice they got sent out. But then we come to another testament where he ain't sending people out. He's bringing people in. No. Y'all ain't helping me. I guess I ought to give you what would help you. (laughs) So at Calvary, right before he died on the cross, God put a black, God reached in there and pulled a black man. And in Acts 9, before he 
passed the torch from Peter to Paul, from Jew to Gentile, when them Jews ultimately finally rejected Jesus in Acts 7 when Stephen was preaching, and God showed Peter a vision of a net and said, we're going to just get all the Gentiles now, we're getting all the unclean people in here. Y'all ain't helping me. And he saved Paul and sent him in Acts 9 to go to the Gentiles. What did he do in Acts 8? He reached in there and pulled the Ethiopian eunuch in. Y'all ain't helping me. Turn to Acts 8, please. Turn. God reached in there. He pulled a black man under the cross right before it was planted in the ground. And he reached in there and pulled a black man and put him in the church right before it got kicked off. <laughs> What's he doing with them? What's he doing with them? He had to deal hard with them under the law. So he's dealing extra. He had to deal extra hard with them in the, in the, uh, under the old cursed testament, the old covenant breaking testament, the covenant with all of our sins and all of our transgressions. He had to deal hard with that boy twice. But he walked over and do another testament where, where a cross was going to bring grace to all of us. Have you ever had a child and you had to whip them harder? And more often, you ever had a child get in bad trouble? Did you ever have one child that you had to deal with hard? That child also got more love. Also got a bigger hug if you're a good parent. You had to go hold that one more. Say more to it. Had to deal much harder, but then had to deal with much more heart. Did he not just have to deal with Peter all the time? Never had to deal with John hardly. John crawled right up there on his bosom. You have some kids, some of your children are like that. They're just right there and they're easy. I got three. I knoweth this of which I speaketh. Knoweth it first handeth it. I got one that's so easy. <laughs> and we've had one that's not. <laughs> Ooh, we. Bedroom sessions, living room sessions. And that one was just already there, head on the bosom. And that other one's got to be brought in wrestled with but boy if that one ever gets it right then everyone's <laughs> and thank God mine did and it never was anything dramatic it was very real but thank God it never went to a bad place and that child came forward a year and two months ago and said <laughs> I surrender God wants me <laughs> And has been on fire ever since. I fed him a steak last night, going back to Bible College Friday. Reason we're planning a thousand-year vacation because I'm here with y'all. His last week, I'm here with y'all. 
I ain't with him. His last week at home, I'm with y'all. But me and him got a vacation planned. It's a thousand years. They got sent out twice in trouble. But God sent his son. And he opened them arms wide, east and west. And they got brought in extra special. I'm going to go ahead and put you under the cross before it even gets planted. I'm going to go ahead and put you in the church even before it gets planted. And I know it began in Acts 2, but it didn't take off until Acts 10, Acts 9. Find me the verse at the end of Acts 8. Philip, the Ethiopian eunuch, I think it's two verses from the end of the chapter. And the Ethiopian eunuch went on his way rejoicing. <laughs> What's the moral of the story? There's two morals. To those whom much is forgiven, the same love much. That Samaritan was a half-born, half-bred they were despised. And them nine went on down the road glad for what God gave them, but one of them turned back for he was a Samaritan. He said, I want to thank you. Amen. He wasn't used to being treated good. Oh, my. If you've ever had to be brought back in, your praise will sound a little better than the rest of us. Your song will have a little more something to it. When you say grace, you'll say it with several syllables and, and a tear getting your eye. Can I get a witness? But you ain't got to be black skin to know something about the grace of God. It's black sin. Whoo, y'all doing all right? I had a black preacher friend in Jacksonville, Florida. Ended up having one of the biggest churches in Jacksonville. R.J. Washington. He's dead now. Looked like a black Abraham Lincoln. He came down to our town below us, and I went down there a couple of nights in the tent and helped him. We didn't quite line up on doctrine, but we lined up on direction. I slid down there and helped him just a little bit. They come out to our place and helped us. R.J. Washington put up a tent because of all the civil rights. They couldn't mess with him in the city. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars had an opening Sunday, the NFL in Jacksonville, and the state fair was in Jacksonville. R.J. got permission, none of the rest of us could, and he put up a tent in the middle of the state fair, pointed at the Jaguars stadium. First Baptist downtown, this is a pitiful thing. The Southern Baptist, Jerry Vines and Homer Lindsay, old-timey Southern Baptist, good ones. 
the Southern Baptist boycotted the NFL and the largest independent Baptist churches in town brought the players in to speak to their people from the pulpit. I need a little help right there. Some things ain't all wrong and some things ain't all right. You better figure some stuff out. Goofy outfit. And RJ stood with them. Gambling, drinking, the Lord's Day, blaspheming the Lord's Day. I had to stand with the Southern Baptists and <laughs> stand with old brother RJ and his friends. Independent for bringing the linebackers in to speak to the youth group. <laughs> you don't need nary no programs that this clever world thinks up. All you need is the power of God to have church. I went down to the World's Fair and didn't know he was there. I had on blue jeans and stomping boots and a hat, and I had hat hair. I hadn't shaved in three days. Went down there with some of my preacher boys and some young ladies, and we all went to the state fair. I, was, I said, my Lord, there's a gospel tent. Had all the speakers aimed at all the right places. <laughs> We'd have never got away with that. There was a 1,200 under that tent. I slipped in and sat in the back. When I seen it, it was R.J. Washington. That's Brother R.J. Hat off, sat in the back, whiskers, hat, hair. <laughs> I dreamed my whole life of preaching to a 1,000 brethren. <laughs> I dreamed my whole life, Brother Drew, of preaching to a 1,000 black bones. And they had the organ going. And they had the drums going, and, and it wasn't no mute tap thing. It was right. <laughs> and the Lord, somehow, R.J. spotted me back there. And I pastored in a little town called Laude, Florida. He said, my brother from Laude, my brother from Laude, the deacon stood up, boom, boom, tambourine. Granny's got out in the aisle with floppy hats. My brother from Laude. He said, come on down. I felt like the price is right has turned soul. Come on down. Dreamed my whole life to preach to a bunch of black people, and I'm wearing jeans with whiskers and my hair going seven different ways. My dream somehow became a nightmare. <laughs> Television was there, Channel 12 and everybody else. Here comes the brother from Lottie. I normally don't look like a homeless bum. God bless you. God bless you. I was trying to remember anything religious to say on my way down. He had that microphone. The deacons was on the washboards. They were so excited. He said, my brother from Lottie, and the drummer said, bah, 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 bah. I mean, I promise you, the drums said, my brother from Lottie. The man made the drums talk. This is a true story. My preacher boys were laughing at me. They, <laughs> I was like, oh, this would be the only television ministry I've ever had. It look like, I, look like I'm coming down to get saved. <laughs> he handed me that microphone. I couldn't remember if Jesus was born in Bethlehem or Pennsylvania. I was going to quote something out of the book of Hilkiah. 
and there wasn't even such a book. I said, thank God for John 6.13. I couldn't even get that right. I have no idea what John 6.13 says, but I tried to say 3.16 and it came out wrong. People was like, yeah, John, John 6.13. Finally, I thought of something semi-religious. I said, folks, in America, we don't have a skin problem. We have a sin problem. God, let me preach a little. We had a time. Used to go in RJ's church, and if I ever pastor again, I'll start services the way he did. And they come into church. It's dim. It's quiet. And the families come in, go to their pew, and get on their knees. They said, it's a house of prayer, not a house of chatter. They spend 20 minutes praying in their pew. They don't speak to each other. They pray. They talked and laughed afterwards. They come in, pray 20, 30 minutes. Of course, old granny get up and started leading the saints. finally get right the preachers would come out in the side door oh my I got news for y'all Jethro rejoiced to see all the goodness that God had done to Israel and the first one to rejoice is what the world called the heathen in the uttermost parts he's the first one rejoicing in the Bible For what God had done to Israel. You better understand one thing. All the Gentile nations. When it's said and done. They're going to. Every knee's going to bow. And every tongue's going to confess. Of what God did. With the Jews. Why do you think they're hated? Y'all doing all right? How long have I been up here? Almost an hour. Got up a little before eight. I'm going to get real honest and blunt. This may be the last night of the meeting. Brother Hunt may send me home. No, he won't. This might be too much for you. But you better understand the hour we're living in. The only reason the media and the globalists and the world hate Trump and hate Putin. They hate Trump and they hate Putin. Because those are the only two men that will be a friend to Israel and oppose the one world order. I shouldn't have brought up Putin. It'd take too much to explain. He's simply retrying to claim Mother Russia when it was a Christian nation before Stalin and the Soviet Union. Kiev is the capital of the Russian Christian church. He ain't a killing nobody. That's why they can't take it quickly. Them Ukrainians have Nazi regiments in there. The only world leader to go visit Putin was the prime minister of Israel. 
Y'all need to quit watching CNN and you can't even watch Fox no more. Ukraine stood with Germany and killed more Jews. I need a little help in here. Just so you'll know why people you don't understand is hating Trump and hating Putin. They're the only two men that were world leaders, friends to Israel. Now, I do know that that Russian bear is coming after Jerusalem eventually. And this is part of the prophecy. But what's happening in Ukraine ain't what the media is telling you. I need a little help. Now, that may have been a little bit too much reality. But I promise you one thing, salvations of the Jews... And before this thing's done, and we're nearly there, all the nations are coming against Jerusalem. I'm not saying Putin is a godly individual. I'm not saying Trump is a godly individual. But their position and their policy on Israel and Christianity is what we hold. Hope that wasn't too much, Pastor. Now, I'm going to close. I've been up here one hour. I'm going to tell you now why this thing blessed my heart. I drove in 2020 when they locked down COVID. I drove through New Orleans. I drove through Baltimore. I drove through Atlanta. I drove through several major cities. I kept going and wasn't allowed to sometimes, but I just kept driving, going to my meetings. And the inner cities were ghost towns. And then you remember the summertime when they stirred up and uh, the Black Lives Matter came pouring out in the streets. Let me tell you something. That most black folk, most black churches, Got more God on them than most of the white people in the white churches. They're not for all that. That is, that is a small number of inner city drug, drug addicts that we need to have pity and pray for. It's just a small number of the inner city youth that have to grow up in the projects. I was in a waffle house and a great old big black man. Oh, Lord. I come in, sat down, several other people. It's a rough part of Knoxville. He said, you got them Georgia tags? And I said, oh, no, sir, I'm from New Hampshire. <laughs> he said, you got them Georgia Yes, sir. He said, you a preacher, ain't you? I said, yes, sir. He said, I am too. I said, yes, I'm from Georgia. It was a great aunt I knew in New Hampshire. That was something else. Misunderstood you. Misunderstood you. That man hollered across the whole thing. I felt God on you. We began to fellowship across the thing because he wasn't getting up and coming over. I didn't get up and go over. We just shouted over everybody. He said, as big as a bunch of baloney. He said, ain't the black people I know don't hate no white people. The white people I know don't hate no black people. He said, that's about four communists up there. Let's go find them and stomp them. 
I said, sir, can I bring my plate to your table? I ain't even never been to New Hampshire. That was something else. And that's the truth. That's the truth. And Brother Hunt, here's what the Lord showed me. Atlanta had to go through East St. Louis, the riots. And I said, Lord, what's happening? What's happening in the prophecy? I know you're, we're on the verge of the tribulation and the church is leaving before that. I said, what is happening with the black people? Tell me, Lord. So he took me right there. Everything I'm telling you tonight. He said, did I not pull the black people out and put them under the cross right before he died on it? Did I not pull the Ethiopian eunuch out and put him in the church right before I saved Paul? He said, why do you think the devil's trying to stir them up? We're right before the second coming. The devil, the devil trying to make a preemptive move. He done figured it out. He pulled the black man into the cross. He pulled the black man into the church. And he knows we're at the second coming. He's trying to mess it up. And I'm talking about it, I, I, I don't just have, I, 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 trust me, I don't want to. I don't have permission from the Lord to talk about this. I have orders from the Lord. Now, the man get mad at me, Brother A.G., a pastor. And I said, no more than what I said here tonight. He said some ugly things afterwards. And I'll be cut out of a whole little circle because they upset about things. But I'm under orders to talk about it. You want to know why? Your kids need to know what's happening. When they see the communists, Brother Frankie, what, 40 years ago, and me and you were young men, that's all the old men would preach about. Mays Jackson, Billy Kelly, they all of them, Jerry Harris, they're preaching on the communists, taking over the atheists, taking over the world. We're still there. That was not political, that was prophetical. And when you see the devil trying to stir up these poor black kids in these inner cities, and that's the only place it's happening, I just want you to look and say, that's, we're all family of God. And I'm going to pray for them because the Lord fixes to do something special with them. And the devil's trying to mess it up. I'm fixing to add another element to my ministry. I, I don't, it'll probably last two, three, or four years. But I'm going to be setting up gospel tent in the inner cities. I'm going to go to Los Angeles. I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to go to Detroit. I'm going to go to Birmingham and Atlanta. I'm going to go to Houston. I'm going to go to Boston. And I'm going to rent a tent. United Rental, have them set it up. I'm going to try to go in there and talk to the inner city churches for a couple of months before I do. And I'm going to find all the black Baptist churches and just talk to them. And then, to be honest, my expectation for a crowd is maybe 35 or 50 people. I don't think, I'm not looking for, I don't think a lot of people's going to come. But I think I'm going to set up a tent in the worst neighborhood. 
and I'm going to turn speakers the wrong way, the right way. And I'm going to preach the gospel. That's what the Lord told me to do. If we was to have a hundred, I would think that big crowd, fifties. But wherever that tent goes, I've already got three churches that men said they're going to go with me. We're just going to spend half the day with gospel tracts and witnessing and then just sing and preach every night. And if it's just us, but if they can hear us. <laughs> That's what the Lord told me to do. Amen. Because black lives matter. All lives matter. Don't get caught up in CNN and communism. Don't get caught up in Republican. Don't get caught up in, hey, if the, you're talking about they can, they can sucker them into it, and half of y'all suckered into it. Preacher, I've been a long time tonight. That's the first mention in the Bible of rejoice. The black man told the, told the law man. Praise God for what he's done to Israel. And let me help you bear these burdens. And let me help you bear these burdens. Ain't that something? I appreciate your patience. I want us to pray. I want us to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord for two. I'm going to ask the Lord to save a bunch of these inner city kids when we go preach. They'll hear it and believe it. Get saved. I'm going to pray that God sends his power, a great visitation, Not some Hollywood concert, but a great visitation to our generation. Your youngest, Brother A.G., they got to see it. Brother Goodman. Ethan. Your generation right under you, son. We pray that God visits us right before he takes us out. Thirdly, I'm going to pray. God does something in this church. Like Noah's flood, the, the underneath explodes, the, the bottom explodes, and the windows of heaven crash down. I'm going to ask the Lord to do that here. Wouldn't that be something? Got that black man, first time rejoices in the Bible with the Jew man. Devil's trying to mess that up. Am I? And he did. Oh, I, I'm having a trouble quieting down, Pastor. And God gave the law to Moses. Black man just helped him how to carry the burden. And the black man has always had to have it explained to him. How can I? Except some man should get it. But when he gets it, he takes it further. Let's bow our heads. 
I'll ask the family to come and sing the ages. Just whatever's on your heart. I'm going to ask the church to let's stand. I'm going to ask you to come and pray. I'm going to ask you to come around here and pray. If you got bad health or bad legs or a bad back, come and sit on the front. Help us pray. Help us pray. Help us pray. If you're from other churches, you're welcome to come and pray with us.
stay placed softly there. Let's sit thinking. This is what we need to get a hold of so we can really praise the Lord. I guess what we can nail this thing down to the night is we just need to get over ourselves. We just need to get over ourselves. We're not the only ones in this thing. Can't remember who it was, but I read it years, years ago. I don't remember who it was, but they said when salvation came to me, it was on its way to somebody else. So it's not to stop with us. When it came to us, it was on its way to somebody else. So we're to keep on taking it to somebody else. My Lord, my Lord. Got a missionary tonight. He's filling up some, a container for a mission program in Ukraine. Come here, my brother. Introduce yourself. He's going to take about three or four minutes and just tell what he's doing. And, and uh, you say, preacher, it's getting late. That's our problem. We're in too big a hurry when we're dealing with kingdom things. We in too big a hurry. You better be glad God won't in too big a hurry. He's patient with us. Share with us what you're doing with your containers, my friend. Thank you. God bless you. About three or four minutes. Yes, sir. I don't want to get involved in politics. Got nothing to do with it. We're in this church and we're most of us, I take it, are probably saved. You know, there was a time if somebody hadn't taken a moment told you about the Lord. But that somebody was led by the Lord to tell you and the Holy Spirit reached out to you. Now what I'm involved in, I'll just back up just for a second if I may. You knew about the Grenada Bible Project. Y'all probably know about that. You've heard about it. Well, we started off on that. I'm not going to take but a second and mention that. But, you know, there was a prime minister over in some island over there, and he said, you know, God's led me to ask this missionary, um, could y'all send us some Bibles? So uh, he said, yeah, okay, I will. We'll send you a few hundred or whatever you need, you know. It's not a problem. He said, no, how about 80,000? That seemed like a big task, don't it? So God touched my heart and, and Tom Patterson and some others. We went around talking about it. and You know, before you know it, the Lord raised a half a million dollars. And we're right now sitting on a ship almost on the shore. 82,000 Bibles. King James Bibles. As far as I'm concerned, that's the only Bible there is anyway. 
and I wish I had one with me to show you because I have a copy of what that Bible is. Instead of it saying on the front of it, I mean, on the inside it says King James Version. On the outside of it, it says KJB, King James Bible. So I asked God, I said, well, you know, and what I appreciate the opportunity to serve you. So what do we do now? I'm three-quarter century old. I'm 75 now. I don't want to quit. So I said, Lord, show me a way that I can serve you some more. So we had an opportunity to. We heard about a, a little church. Well, it's not a little church. It's kind of a nice church over in Ukraine. I mean, over in Inman. It's a Ukrainian church. And so I got to know the folks. I got to talk to them. Got to really know about what's going on over there. Not what you hear in the media, but what's really going on. Because they have family, uncles, aunts, you name it, grandma and grandpa, all still living over there. Ukraine is about the size of Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia put together. It's about that big. But about a third of those people over there don't have anything at all. They're just, it's just all gone. You know. So we decided we'd start helping them with some food and other items that they needed. We sent four containers. Today we sent the fifth container over there. And it was a little different this time. God had laid on our hearts that, uh, you know, these folks need some uh, medical supplies and things, and we didn't know where in the world we were going to get that at. So the Lord said, okay, um, I know somebody that's got a warehouse full of medical supplies, so we sent a 40-foot container over there today completely loaded with medical supplies. <laughs> surgical kits, not just little stuff, surgical kits, tourniquets, sutures, Galls, sterilizing things, whatever you needed. And we also sent 45 wheelchairs. You said, well, why in the world would you send wheelchairs? Well, I met a man while I was over there today that just got here a few days ago. He said, you'd be surprised how many over there now. They're missing legs. They're missing limbs. He said, women are having their babies in the basements of these old black dark places because there's no place else to have them so I found out when talking with the pastor over there today they, uh, there's a hundred well I know this in fact I just say 150 churches I mean 150 hospitals over there have even been damaged or destroyed so if you want to have a baby over there you're going to have to have it on your own basically in one this one area it's about a third of the country. So, anyway, uh, I was asking about the wheel. So, well, you went ahead and put all the wheelchairs on there. I said, yeah. Well, they said they didn't ask for 35 of them before they even got there. Well, I said, Lord, you know what we really would like to do besides taking care of, you know, like it says in Matthew, about if you're hungry or naked or in prison or thirsty. I know that's about out of order, but, you know, <laughs> the Lord said, if you've done this under even one of 
of me of these you've done it unto me so I said Lord what we really like to do also is to, to tell them about the Lord that's the most important thing so we asked the Lord for can we send some tracks maybe so I know some of you have heard this well some folks heard about it on the radio you know just so happened 30 years ago in a warehouse up in Tennessee somebody printed some Russian tracks and they were sitting there gathering dust gathering dust for 30 years they were forgot about so those those tracks ended up being brought to us all the way from Tennessee so now we can hand these tracks out they're written in Russian. These are. And you say, well, Russian. Well, 30% of the population over there speaks Russian. Yeah. yeah. So I said, well, Lord, that's great. I'm glad you sent us those tracks. We need more tracks. And so I said, Lord, what are we going to do about that? So another person heard another about another person, and he told somebody in California. And then they turned around and sent us 100,000 chick tracks at no cost. And in addition to that, on the back of the tracks, they're printing, not stamping, but printing. There's a station that you can go to that's a 24-hour gospel station. If you have, can pick up the Internet, you can listen to the gospel. And also on there, there's a place you can go to and click on here, the plan of salvation in Ukraine, and you can hear it in Russian. No telling what God will do if we just let him. I thought today, I said, well, Lord, you know, we had this money set aside that we were going to use to send uh, these tracks, which are going to be here Wednesday from California. And we've got a, a, a uh, tractor trailer sitting at our church at White Horse Heights Baptist Church, Pastor Scott Neen, and it's about two-thirds full. We planned on using that money to send the, the, the gospel and send that other stuff, oh, other things over there. I said, but now we ended up sending the medical supplies before we sent that. And so now, what are we going to do? I said, what, what am I thinking too small here? I got to depend on the Lord more. So I know a lot of times when missionaries come up and you, and you mention anything about, you know, giving, you know, some people's wallet shut like, you know, Fort Knox. <laughs> but, you know, it's God's to start with, isn't it? Everything we have is the Lord's. And we can never give too much because he gave it all. So all I'm, I'm asking of anybody is their prayers. And I'm asking you, if you can, if you have a dollar bill or 50 cents or whatever you might have, that the Lord would have you help us get the word of God over to those people and give them a chance to enjoy what you have. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you. Let's get our ushers to come and get the offering pans. We're going to do Take care of singers for these weeks, taking care of the preachers. 
our church does something a little bit different, Brother Dean. I don't wait till the meeting gets started to try to start getting the finances up for the meeting. We've been we've been taking up revival offerings for the last two months or so on Wednesday nights. Usually goes to our camp meeting, but we took that to start putting it in there for this meeting. And I believe every church of any size can do anything they want to do that God want them to do. But here's what I want to do with the offering tonight. And I don't do anything unless the Holy Ghost directs me to do it. This is going to go to help with this project. And so you give the help with this project for the Ukraine. Getting the word of God over there. Let's put some money in there. Let's be a blessing to this dear brother. Oh, we're going to take care of our preacher and our singer. Don't you worry about that. God ain't limited on nothing. God's got plenty, don't he? You can. Amen, Brother Scott. So that's when you know something's real and somebody's real. You hit it right, Brother. America's got hooked up on dollars. It's coming from preachers and singers. It's about money. Hey, some folks won't come here right now because they came one time and I don't guess the offering was big enough. I can't even get them to answer my phone now. And by the way, I won't walk across the road to hear them. I don't care if they are your hot shot preacher evangelist. If they won't answer my call to come to single preach here at this place right here, I ain't walking across the street here. I don't care if they are your sugar daddy. I don't care if they are the main one that's a reaching all the young people. Nah. Let's stand together. It's been good. Man, I've loved being here. You've got the wrong idea of church when you've got it all foot in a box. I preached on that here a little while back. I came from the uh, Israel Conference and uh, their national convention and came back and preached a sermon on, but we put God in a box because we got to have it a certain way. I learned a lot tonight, and I enjoyed it. It helped me understand some things. It answered some questions I've been having, just to be right honest with you. Some things that I've been wrestling with, and I've got some answers tonight from the Word of God. All right. Be back tomorrow night. Service at 7, but we'll hit off the music about 6.45. Be here on time, 6.45. You never know. We might start the congregation at 6.45. Today we had the music playing. But tomorrow night, we might start off with the congregation at 645. And uh, we'll have a great time in the Lord. If you want to come by and see Brother Dean, come by and shake his hand. And uh, but be back tomorrow night. Good to have everybody. I want Noah to come. Noah's going to dismiss it. Noah's my assistant. He ain't no assistant to the church. He's assistant to me. And that way, when he makes me mad, I can get rid of him when I want to. <laughs> He's my assistant. He ain't no assistant to no church. He's assistant to me, ain't you, boy? Amen. Love you. Father, as we come, Lord, I thank you for everything you've done for us here tonight, Lord, dear God, Lord, if I have one thing to ask of you right now, Lord, it be that you just get a hold of each and every single one of us and get us on fire for you one more time, Father, just before you descend from glory. Father, Lord, dear God, I ask that you just continue to bless us, Lord, we thank you for what you've done already, Lord. And we thank you for what you're going to do.
Father, Lord, continue to be with the man of God, Lord, as he said he's his mind. Lord, dear God, I ask that you just touch him, Lord, and help his soul. Lord, Father, Lord, dear God, I ask that you touch him, Lord, and fill him up. Be with everybody here in this church, Lord, that we, we get back to our appointed place and time tomorrow, Father. Lord, dear God, I ask that you just let us have a learning spirit, Lord, and let us be able to praise and thank you for all that you've done. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen and amen.